have you been surprised at how lockdown has affected you personally? Uh, no, because I, uh, I didn't know how it was going to affect me. Uh, just, you know, it hasn't really affected me well. I'm, I've got very short attention span in general, like incredibly short. And uh, That's going to make this interview really fun for me. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, being locked inside more than usually has, like, uh, it's kind of made me literally bounce off the walls. So I think I'm a tiny bit more erratic, or a lot, I don't know. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I fidget a lot, as you can probably hear in the background, a lot more than I used to. I guess not well. So, so probably more to it, though. Yeah, it's a long time, and I, I don't think it's, I, don't, I think you're being a bit hard on yourself, saying that it hasn't necessarily affected you well but um that that's just my i sort of have an inability to think right now <laughs> like, <laughs> actually I, I have not it's kind of like a well, i've lost my mind just more like i've lost like the, the, the no it's been all right there have been some very fun moments like once when i got covid it was quite fun because i was all down with my friends and you um had a great time yeah we we were locked down here for a month in October. Because we, we shouldn't have kept taking tests. Well, that was that was something we <clears> learned <throat> um, retrospectively because the government told us that we had to lock down for... Keep Moses. This might be your best one yet. Like. It's so profound. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. In a few years, we're going to be famous because of this. Thanks, mate. You're a legend. Thank you. Uh, background noise. Mate, honestly. Hold on. No more background. I'm not going to wait for you to roll a cigarette. I fidget a lot. What? I'm looking for filters. Then wait, smoke later. Oh, oh, fine, fine. You don't have, it's, this is half an hour. You don't have to smoke all the time. You smoked just before we did this. Did I? Yes, wait, yeah. please. Oh, right, fine, fine. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> So don't roll a cigarette now. What? Because I've just talked about... No, because I know you. You're just going to start smoking it as soon as this is over. I'm just smoking it during it. There's no noise from me smoking. Oh, my God. Having a conversation. This is awful. This is going to be hilarious. It's not funny. It is what it is. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> we can't talk properly until. How's your day? <laughs> That's what this boils down right. to. Right, carry on. I basically have a very short attention span. So, <laughs> <laughs> so not well. I've been like kind of bouncing off the walls. Uh, you need to repeat what you said verbatim. Well, I thought you got rid of that part. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to move on to the next question hey, right, it's fine it's fine yeah. you, we, we were talking about being locked down here for a month which anyone who's just listened to the last five minutes will know is very <laughs> difficult for me wow. I can't even the, normally the fade in to these questions is very easy but it's not today I just fade in I'm, asking my question you, you, just, you just said I don't know that was your answer to that question <laughs> that doesn't give me anything to work with <laughs> I, have, I can't. I can't just rattle off premeditated questions. I sound like an idiot. What was the next question? Like, they're not it? categorical. It's just hey, well, how. Ask, I don't know. Ask one of them. <laughs> ask one of them. You have a lot of interest. Um, fashion is obviously the main one, as far as I know. Have you developed any new interests over lockdown that have? helped you through lockdown. I should know the answer to that given that I've been with you for a year. 
Um, well, Phil, you don't know much about me. And, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I well, learn every day. Uh, in terms of what? Just fashion or in general? No, I, well, I mean, it could just be more fashion, but... In... I guess in regards to just fashion, I have actually developed more of a fervent interest. Sort of the history of fashion has been quite cool learning about that stuff. Um, also, I don't know, it's kind of weird or cringe, kind of switching up the way you dress, the way one dresses. Been quite fun it's a good distraction it's not like the main one but it's definitely better than nothing but to answer your question short yes i have developed more of an interest in fashion yeah and you have a very unique fashion taste and you you want to pursue fashion as a career um you you you're very conscious of your appearance you've been in music videos which is amazing but you're you're still extremely young. You're only nineteen. You only turned nineteen last week. So, with this whole situation where job security is very hard for people to come by, and fashion is obviously a very um, it's a, an industry with a very high turnover, and it's driven by change. Obviously, how have you been looking at your aspirations towards getting into fashion? Well, um, <clears throat> well, my like, aspirations getting into fashion are sort of, not minor, but like, uh, not like the main thing I'd like to do, or my favourite thing I'd like to pursue. Like, um, definitely, you know, I wouldn't mind doing it, but um, I do enjoy it thoroughly. But uh, I'd like to see film. But uh, in terms of actually, like, because I, I guess I work, I work for a fashion book, I um say the way it is is quite scary maybe it's my first job but um quite intense getting things wrong quite um nitpicky or shall we say like the the staff are like surprisingly sharp like on the ball so it's very easy to make a mistake and i'm not a very sharp bloke so I keep on making mistakes <laughs> but um rambling uh yeah no um maybe get into it as a career I quite like to do film though and i have that's something more so I've been getting into obviously during lockdown. I've been watching a lot of films which I've been meaning to watch but I've only just gone around to it. I did a bit of writing which is in my opinion awful but it's just been quite fun. That's another distraction. Um yeah, no, uh, in terms of like the turnover, I I don't really understand what you meant by that. I just mean that fashion's very competitive. Hey. Well, obviously one thing's in at one moment and the next it's you know, considered to be blasphemous to wear a certain thing or you've, yeah. you've got to be constantly changing and that must be exhausting. So in terms of job security at a time like this, you well, must look at fashion. and, and Well, yeah. like, that's true. That's like with trends and um, the people who are actually consuming what you're selling. You want to buy, buy dresses, jumpers, etc. Um, in terms of the actual chats working in fashion, um, <clears throat> like... Yeah, anyone from like my girlfriend has her own like little fashion thing to like the guy I'm working for. He's been working it for years. Uh, none of them actually really um are very I don't know fashion conscious in a traditional way. So uh, so uh, the the sort of turnover how fashion changes like within the click doesn't really apply to the guys working in it because um well I guess simply it's your ideas you, you sort of facilitate the change. Um, say they'll employ a guy I, mean, I don't know because I, I don't really get the job that way but they'll employ a guy um, 
not based on the way he dresses per se, but more on um, I guess specific skill set. And then there's that one guy or multiple doesn't matter. He will uh tell you what you should make and all that. So it doesn't in terms of like turnover and trends. It doesn't really matter to the guy you're employing. It's just who you're selling to. Yeah, but you you've seen it from within the eye of the storm because you've worked um in a reduced capacity, obviously because of your age, with two very influential fashion <clears throat> designers. Um. I'm sure you won't mind being named. No, no. no. Uh, Carol Walton, who was at Vogue for a long time. I don't know if she's still there. And uh, Bruce Oldfield. I didn't, I didn't work for Carol. Um, oh, I, sorry. I asked her for work and she turned me down. But she was, she was nice about it yeah, yeah, and yeah, she yeah. gave you some she, advice. She turned me down on very, like, very like, reasonable grounds, obviously, given COVID. Um, the other guy I'm working for, Bruce. My, um, well, Bruce Offer's a very well-known fashion designer. Yeah, no, yeah. Even was, I know him, and I dress like a, a tramp. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I borrow most of your clothes, but... Um, yeah, yeah, he's one in. Um, he's quite... He's um, very sharp, to say, like... Um, well, I said that already, but... Um, very quick and very specific. I mean, I, I really don't know much about women's fashion, which is... Uh, that's what he does. <clears throat> but uh, he... Uh, He's just uh, he's quite you know, hard worker and you can kind of tell that from the clients he's had. I mean, you did say he's, he's famous, which is... Yeah, he's he's done, <clears throat> I think, wedding dresses even for Princess Diana, yeah, yeah, Naomi yeah. Campbell, amongst Basically. others. Yeah, and um, well, yeah, we keep spending minutes naming them, but uh, yeah, it's quite scary working for him. Yeah, I bet. He's not a scary guy, it's just, it's just very easy to, to mess up. And, um, <clears throat> there's a trial by fire I had that with my first job you're, you're not prepared for yeah not at all no. <laughs> I, yeah I guess that actually makes annoying thing about it because before then I was basically doing nothing um, I think you're being hard on yourself I mean in, in lockdown obviously you sleep that was the main thing so I wake up very early and go there and I say um, I say like phased out the first few hours that's when I made like most of my mistakes which were awful because um, they were so simple. <laughs> but, but being hard on yourself, and I, I had another guest on this series, Jessie Wyman, um, who, and, and she does fashion-related stuff, and so does her sister, now that I think of it. Um, she was saying that a, a lot of people who are in a difficult situation, like you are intrinsically, because you're young and you're looking for work, and, and not looking for work, sorry, but you're looking to develop your career, um, in a certain direction, whether it's film or fashion, those are very competitive. Um, I think Jesse's point was, um, I can't remember what Jesse's point was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jesse's point was that it's it's an it's an achievement <laughs> at a time like this when everything's so discouraging to just wake up in the morning. So I think it's. Um, you don't need to be so hard on yourself. But you said earlier that you don't know much about women's fashion. That's a lie, because as you also said earlier, your girlfriend is um, not only successful in this sense, she's also in- independently successful. Yeah, she, uh, <clears throat> when I said I don't know much about women's clothes, uh, uh, her, her making of clothes, or like, yeah, whatever you want to call it, uh, that's not really traditional women's wear, that's... Uh, she does something quite uh, niche in comparison. She does a uh, sustainable streetwear. But isn't niche good in no, the no, sense no, we're no. talking about? No, obviously, no, it's great. Um, yeah, um, but she's, I don't know much about women's fashion, and, well, she doesn't do that. 
Yeah, and have uh, cozy unisex to put it very like simply. Good, so, I like them. Yeah, no, they are they're very cool. They're very talented, very talented. She'll go far. Just they've got an incredibly cool um, brand name as well. Take the cigarette out of your mouth when you say it, so people can hear it. Uh, she's very cool and very talented. No, but what's the brand name? Oh, um, Chrysanthemum. <laughs> Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum or Chrysanthemum? No, no Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. Yeah. That is cool. It's Greek, I think. Well, she's from Cyprus. Yeah, but she's, uh, she's Greek, Greek Cypriot. Greek Cypriot. So they speak Greek. Very um, cool. She's half Greek, oh, half Greek Cypriot, half uh, Russian. Half Greek Cypriot, half Russian. Hmm. Has not got anything to do the clothes? I mean, the name obviously, but um, the clothes you make are. Uh, I advise you to check them out and buy them. A lot of people are. They're very cool. Yeah, you remember we were gonna order uh, some trousers from her for Mum's birthday, and being fantastic sons, we just forgot to do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's always next year. Um, or this year. Or this year coming up. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So um, that's our full back. Um, you. We've been talking talking about fashion. We've been talking about fashion. I hiccuped. Uh, um, yes. But right. you also mentioned that it's not your predominant interest. It is film for you, is your big thing. Now, you signed up for a film course for yeah. January that got cancelled because of the virus. Yes. That must suck. That sucked. I, it was, that sucked so hard. I am... Um... I uh, signed up, as you said, for January the 11th, which is uh, the guy I'm who I was supposed to go on with his birthday. And it was supposed to end two days before my birthday. Um, and it was just going to be epic. And um, we both had a vested interest as what we wanted to do. But it got cancelled. That's how I ended up, I guess, in a way, getting a job, which is good. Um, <clears throat> that's what I want to predominantly do. Uh, I like to write screenplays if I could. Um, and uh, maybe evolve into directing. Good man. Uh, what were you hoping to learn on the course? Because literally just how to not really anything about. I I don't like courses where they um. I know that I've been on them where they attempt to teach you uh, what sort of way, but what kind of artistic, sensual artistic value you should have, like, or more like simply like what kind of films you should make or what films you should watch. I think that's ridiculous because uh, it's up to the big there. Um, what I was hoping to learn from that course was literally how to physically make films. I see. Uh, <clears throat> operate cameras and such. Uh, it, it wasn't like a writing course at all. Just uh, I mean, you were going to like make your own scenes, but there was no input from um, the instructor on what you should write uh, or you know, who you should be watching or whatever. Um, which I think is way better. But it was just teaching how to um, literally make make them. Yeah. Um, which was a big blow, obviously. <laughs> That's quite an important thing <laughs> if you want to do it. No, but <clears throat> I know what a big interest you have in film. And all that was you who got me interested. Well, I'm sure it wasn't just me. I'm no, sure it was. Well, you showed me, um, when you were very young, so I showed me those... Um, I was at prep school, so shame me when I came out from boarding school. Those um, those uh, French New Wave films, and uh, yeah, I was I was a really cool teenager. Uh, well, I liked them. When I'm a teenager, and uh, La Haine, uh, as well. I was uh, I was watching all those New Wave films, and I was like, oh, these are sick. I think it was like a woman is a woman and band apart, and I was like, oh, these are cool. 
Then, uh, but that didn't make me want to, like, do anything. Then, uh, you showed me La Haine, and then I was like, Jesus Christ, that is epic. Uh, and that's, that's what kick-started it. Yeah, and, and Matthew Kasovitz, who, who directed that, that was his first film. So, uh, yeah, yeah. you never know, dude. In a couple of years, you could be <laughs> sitting on top of the world. To be honest with me, it would be like a blessing to make a film as quarter or eighth as good as that film. But it, but it would be a blessing, right? Because I think the trouble with that um, is people get their expectations up. And I have a lot of friends who have tried or wanted to do something similar. And they always set their expectations too high. And they want to be the next Kubrick or the next whoever it is. So doing something you know, that's just good, just getting it done, just proving to yourself you can do it could have a surprisingly <clears throat> beneficial effect. But like I said, you've been in music videos before. You're not afraid of being in front of the camera. So yeah, that, that music video, I looked actually ridiculous. <laughs> it was very funny. It was quite funny. But you've also, you've done some modelling, right? Uh, no. no I, 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 um, you were scouted. That's why scouted. I didn't know the answer to that question. I've been scouted uh, two, two times properly and one time like unofficially. Uh, um, yeah, that happened. It's quite, it's quite funny. The unofficial time I was like in a park. Uh, each time as well, I get scouts. It's not actually because of looks. It's just because apparently I look so weird. He's being extremely self-effacing. Very, very true. There are things like height and um, well, I'm here with with buck teeth and glasses, so it's not me. But they're, I've, they're... Got, I've got messed up teeth, bloody messed up teeth. Yeah, but you right. you you wouldn't tell in the same way that it's abundantly clear to me. Anyway, let's not get into like a. Okay, uh, okay, me- measuring okay. of the ugly <laughs> stick. Um, yeah, um, but um, yeah, like that. Obviously, there are other elements that go into things like modelling. Um, you're what six foot eight, uh, or seven, one of two. Yeah, so you're you're pretty tall. So that's that's another thing, um, which means if you're that height, um, and uh, it can get a bit claustrophobic with lockdown. Um, <laughs> so to put it lightly you, you're a very athletic person you love cricket and rugby has it been pretty hard for you not to you know at least do those things for fun well um well i haven't done them for fun in in a very long time i used to obviously take it quite seriously but um that was ages ago no i i mean a bit but I only really do it with my mates here and there. Uh, more, it's more so like just, you know, not really going around, going for like a game of football or whatever. I am playing tennis news. That's definitely having a negative effect on me. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm very unfit. Uh, bloody unfit. But um, that's because I haven't really like done much. It's because you smoke. Yeah, I do smoke a lot. That's, uh, that's another negative effect. I started smoking a lot more because I'm so bloody bored because you quit for a while didn't you no um well you were you were vaping yeah no i was vaping i guess I horrible word. quit i was vaping and that actually made me more addicted to nicotine then again i was just so I, I mean i'd be bored in general i guess um but i'm like, i'm very fidgety and it's just quite good to like even if it wasn't working i'd just sort of pick it up and play with it i don't know yeah and you said you'd be <clears> bored anyway we spent the first lockdown at our parents' house in Dover, and my dad was saying on a daily basis how hard it must be for you in particular at your age, being 18, 19 years yeah, old. Yeah, the worst part is how I'm on a gap here. That sucks, because um, obviously like, none of us doing very much, we're just working. Um, we're all just working, but a few people 
recently have managed to get out to like the one country, literally the one country you can go to in the world. And I've already started their like sort of gap year travels, which is, you know, kind of quite, quite annoying. I'm quite, uh, quite jealous of them. <laughs> I just simply haven't got enough money at the moment to go anywhere. But, um, so yeah, having been on a gap year right now kind of sucks. But in, in a way, it might be better than going to university, right? Uh, yes, probably. But I, I have got, it depends really on what university you're at. I mean, I've got a friend at Manchester, who's, you're at the moment in life, because I, you really have to, I mean, you have to, by law, but it's impossible to adhere to such strict rules if you're in a dormitory with all your mates and stuff. So having a well of time, same in, I think, Newcastle and other universities, and Newcastle's where you're going next year. Yeah, so, but some other, some other universities are quite draconian, I think, and are a lot more intense. I had a mate at Bricks, apparently, there's a security guard down at the bottom, and, um, and uh, you have to, like, swipe your key card left and ask you where you've been and stuff. Understandable, but I can imagine that probably makes life quite boring. Um, but, but, so I don't know, though, because like, you know, I haven't been... You haven't been to uni yet. No, it's true. Um, so with what you said earlier about traveling, I think it's very frustrating for everyone because we all want to go on holiday somewhere. I haven't left the country in what, two years now. Um, last time I went anywhere was with you when we did that road trip with dad um, yeah. to, to France. Um, and um, that must have been interesting for you because uh, you're doing history at uni next year. And that was... Yeah. Very much like a trip that was about seeing historical sites and, and whatever. But, um. Yeah, I see the worst part is like a lot of my friends have gone away already to have enough money. And, um, at the moment, so yeah, that sucks right now because I'm, I'm at home unless I'm working. Well, yeah, two, two things from that. One, in terms of traveling, you have, I think, more of a reason to be frustrated than most people because yes everyone wishes they could go on holiday somewhere and take a break and i have people who actually already have <laughs> well no not not even that you're you're as you said we live in a uh i don't want to say we live in a society we are maybe because of social media overly encouraged i think to travel and see the whole world before a certain age uh, and if you don't do that you're sort of ostracized and and made out to be um you know kind of kind of an idiot and that must be really frustrating i had that when i was your age and it was about oh i need to fly to all of these different places and brag about all these but even if i didn't like being in these places just so i could say i'd gone to them taking a photo obviously you can go to new places and they can be awful and it sucks but um uh well i mean luckily that hasn't happened to me yet you and I grew up partially in Scotland, where getting dark at nine is pretty normal, um, that part of the world. So we're kind of used to that. Um, I've been to Iceland as well, and um, I don't want to knock Iceland, but unlike you, I can't say I enjoyed it. Um, I went on a very different situation to you, though. Yeah, no, I mean, going to a place like Iceland on a school trip would probably suck. I was on there on holiday, so it was quite fun. Main thing really is just getting hammered because there's obviously not a whole lot else to do. They have quite a strong drinking culture and that's quite fun. And there are all these cool like um, 
uh, I wouldn't say pubs, I don't know what, like, I don't know, like, Viking drinking taverns, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> uh, but they were quite fun, one really annoying thing though, um, was, like, it was epic, but um, the alcohol tastes like fish, oh god, um, so I was drinking a Guinness, it was actually hilarious, um, and I was already quite hooned, and it was New Year's Eve actually, and um, I was walking out, and I necked this Guinness, and it, I, I just suddenly started like vividly picturing prawns just everywhere and I was prawns like, yeah like I actually started imagining prawns and I just projected so I was next to this massive bouncer um, he's like, like an NBA player or something I just projected off on Jesus Christ that was, that was not nice that was proud of you well, I was ill for most of the holiday which was also quite annoying yeah, did you have bronchitis no, I don't. Well, yeah, I had tonsillitis oh dude so that was annoying I couldn't that was actually the only time I went like Without smoking at all in the last year or two. He's um, lighting a cigarette as he says that. Well, you said that you wanted to get into films and eventually direct them. Um, do you worry about that? Because you've got to deal with some pretty strong personalities, right? You've got to deal with some... Uh, yeah, I do. But um, well, there's nothing I can do about that, really. Um, <clears throat> try, I guess try and keep it... Purely professional, I guess. I don't know. You don't, don't have a relationship with your actors. I mean, if you don't like the guy, then like... Don't fall in love with them. Well, yeah, well, it'd be impossible to do that if you didn't like him. I mean, like... I mean, if you don't like a guy, just... Uh, I don't know, you have, love, you have love-hate relationships. Just be, well, then, that's fine. That's funny. That's like, um... Like, Richard E. Grant and Bruce Robinson, they have, like, a love-hate relationship. They respect each other. They, they hate each they? other. A uh, guy who directed with Now and I and Richard, with me or not? And Richard E. Grant, the guy who's with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, because apparently Bruce Robinson is, is actually hilarious but quite messed up. He used to, Richard E. Grant's allergic to alcohol and he was obviously playing an alcoholic. If anyone listening to this hasn't watched it, watch it. It's a very good film. Um, he's playing an alcoholic and uh, he uh, just wanted to make him know what it, was be, what it would be like to be drunk because he'd never been drunk before. He can, so he like... I don't know how he did it. I guess he, he goaded Richard E. Grant into drinking. <laughs> and then he get he drink. And then you think he's allergic to alcohol? Yeah, he'd be allergic to vomit and then he'd drink. And he, he, I, you watch uh, an interview with them and they, uh, they both very, they pop passive aggressive shots. They're quite funny. So I guess you could do it there, Dean, and just sort of like, I don't know. If, if, you were, if you were, and I'm sure you will be, the director that you want to be, would you be willing to resort to those kinds of things to elicit a... a good response from your actors uh no i wouldn't like force like if a guy's allergic to alcohol um i wouldn't like say like you have to drink alcohol as this part I'd maybe like you know, i'd bring up like the possibility of doing a Jacobian message as long as they're like as long as they consent to like i don't know what is essentially weird method acting then yeah by all means give it a go but if they don't want to do something but i still think they're good for the role i'm not going to beat them off um not just in a filmic <clears throat> sense, but in your daily life, what inspires you and drives you at a time like this when you've seen workloads and challenges and so on? It's, it's not been easy, um, but we, we, we've been okay at the end of it, which is good. Um, how, how did you kind of keep yourself going through that? Um, I zoned out from it. Sorry. Uh, and I keep myself going throughout lockdown. I, 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I've just been like... Neither do I. I've just literally been just going around. I don't know. Depends, really, because I, I guess against teammates, I'm either here uh, working and then, like, at home doing... Or, obviously, after work, just chilling out and all like or I'm staying with a friend or a girlfriend for a long time. Well, but of course, time. that hasn't been possible with the lockdown. Yeah, I mean, well... We, we, we managed to of. form bubbles whenever the government changed its legislation. And, and um, uh, as I remember, that my memory is very foggy of last year, your girlfriend did manage to stay with us for a while. Yeah, yeah, she did. Um, well, it really depends. Um uh, it depends ultimately on your friend's parents who you're staying with. So say I go stay with a guy, obviously you have to stay with them for a while. Well, this was during time. the summer because that's when the restrictions were relaxed. Yeah, so that that was different. I was staying with um lots of my mates and uh, their parents are quite relaxed on it. Um, so they're younger and also uh, it wasn't much different. But uh, now, uh, yeah, it's been yeah it's been harder to get through each day because obviously like. I'm just so bored. I just sort of float around and find something to entertain me. Which can be anything from me, like, twiddling my thumbs to, like, watching some documentary or reading. Or, like... But you are, you are, a, you know, an avid reader and you do like to... You, you always make me watch stuff that I wouldn't otherwise know about. Um, and uh, you do you do have a really passionate interest in all these things. I remember we we rewatched Band of Brothers over Christmas... And you took it the whole nine yards. And I remember you waking me up one night. Uh, I think this might have been the same evening that you put a mince pie with tin foil in the microwave. The fire department had to come and um, <laughs> save us. That was nice. Thank you. Um, oh. And then you spent the rest of the night telling me about the, the, what the Screaming Eagles, that regiment. Easy yeah. company. Yeah, and that was the night I found, um, you, you, I watched video diary, Band of Brothers video diaries. It's so funny. That was one of the funniest things you ever showed me in my life. Um, what was the best thing we watched during lockdown? <clears throat> That's definitely... Uh, is that Christmas film? After Christmas. That is hilarious. <laughs> so the, 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 the not-so-subtly racist grandfather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, the guy you just can't help. Like, I love when he has, like, he has his grandson. Lions, lad. Lions. <laughs> he just runs away. I could actually watch that again. I don't know if you remember. For some bizarre reason, I think I was just in the state. I cried at the end of that. You cried. I cried at the end of that. That's another thing. I, mean, I can't remember anything. That was a bad time in my life. I can't remember anything from from any month really. I actually can't. I yeah, can't, I can't. I can't. I can't demarcate. I, I can't time. wait to leave England. I honestly can't. I just. I. I need to get the hell out of here when I can. Yeah. It's my memory. I don't have a memory. I need to. But remember it's all. <laughs> it's all well. I need to go somewhere different just to remember that I went next. I don't know what the hell I've done. It's, it's, the last I don't remember. Yeah, I forgot my schedule of going into to work. Well, that's that's just that's on you, dude. No, no, but I actually like literally forgot. So, so I I knew it, but I forgot how to. I don't know how to explain it. I I'd like. Okay, I guess I knew I had to go in on a Thursday, for example. But I'd wake up thinking it was a Friday. What is your favorite food? <laughs> what is your favorite food? I said, I said to Chinese food. So you know, your Chinese food is not your favorite food. Yeah, like lemon cashew curry is my favorite thing. Yeah. 
That's not Chinese. But have like like Shit. like little, <laughs> no, but like it's easy to get lost in questions like this when you try and think about the big picture and everything. What are the little things like a chicken katsu curry or whatever it is that, that kind of cheer you up when you're feeling down? And they taste like, <laughs> like I like the taste them. No, I'm not saying what you like about chicken katsu curry, you moron. I'm saying other than a chicken katsu curry, you're not categorically throughout the day, once every hour for eight hours straight, eating a chicken katsu curry <laughs> think, to stay upbeat. I'm thinking about it. It makes me honestly. Makes I, me more well, coffee. <laughs> yeah, I've I've developed a frightening caffeine addiction. I at school actually quite funny. I um that's when I first developed caffeine addiction. I would um. I was like walking to school and I have a blasting headache every morning. And I'd go in, no, oh my God, I sound like such like a pampered brat. Like yeah. I'd order like a caramel latte and then suddenly my, <laughs> suddenly my headache would disappear. And I was like, God, like, that's cause I like caramel. And I, I noticed that and I have a crippling caffeine addiction, but I had. And then it's developed again because I've been having these awful headaches and then just drink coffee and I go away. It is amazing because you have an incredibly bad financial situation well no not, not. <laughs> <laughs> you're useless for money as soon as you get it you just like you'll find some ridiculous way to lose it yeah, and every time you come to me and you're like phil i need to borrow some money like, what, <laughs> what for like, it's either it's a, a katsu curry or some like incredibly intricate and unnecessary coffee from you don't even get coffee from anywhere good you're to leon to get like just make coffee we yeah, have we have a kettle. So like, not to making coffee. Either. No, but I you do. I remember. I remember during during the lockdown. I remember during the lockdown when when you had the virus and we we were stuck here for a month. There was a point where it was like, okay, we need to start ordering supplies in, and we need to budget to do this so we don't starve to death because we don't know how long we're going to be here for. And it was you, myself, and your friend Ollie. So you go there as well. Um, Hugo was also there sorry so there were four of us and we were having this, this logistical conversation and you were like don't worry don't worry guys I'll um I'll help tidy up I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll, uh, I'll which was a lie I, I'll you know I'll, I'll do my bit and I'll, I'll make sense of the whole thing and I'll, I'll think of things we need supplies that we need bin bags and, and, and the like um, every single morning Every single, I say morning, it was about two in the afternoon when you finally woke up. Nice. No, I just come, I just opened the door. There'd be a delivery guy there with a just sort of Leon breakfast order of like four caramel lattes. And I was like, where are you getting this money from? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I think I had to sit you down and explain what an overdraft was for the first time. I love caramel lattes. That actually keeps me upbeat, literally. Um, getting my daily fix. But yeah, I don't know, I like lattes. Yeah. Do you like lattes? I hate lattes. Um, Cappuccino? I'm one of those functioning psychopaths that drinks decaf. That's weird, mate. It is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like the taste of coffee, but I, I hate caffeine. It makes me feel ill. Um, uh, I've been finding during lockdown I like certain smells. Such as? Lavender. Yeah, I had this, dude. I had this. <laughs> in the no, seriously. When we, were, when we were in Kent during the first lockdown, because um, we have lavender in the garden... I was really into this. Um, why did you just do a bottle flip? You're just being rude. Give me that. Saying that, I got through that. Thinking like, oh, someone's going through something. Probably not. Probably like, definitely a lot worse than I am. And this isn't too bad. I'm just chilling at home watching TV. And, you know, I got a job. I go outside. Like it's really not that bad. I just, you know, what can you do? It is what it is.
Sure. Um, and you can relativize stuff if you want, but at the end of the day, like you, your problems aren't any less significant um, just because someone has it worse than you. I, I, I mean, we talked about this before. It's, you told me that's one of the reasons you like watching war movies because it reminds you that people your age, you know, risked their lives and went through hell. And um, it makes it a lot harder for you to feel sorry for yourself. But uh, doesn't mean you, you, you don't have to address your own problems and acknowledge that they exist. Yeah, yeah, like, no, no, I'm not saying, like, ignore your own problems. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> some guy in World War II had it worse. <laughs> no, like, um, no, not at all. I just mean, yeah, you just think, like, oh, shit, like, it's not that bad to be wise. Yeah. Still, like, look at your own problems and... and yeah, you kind of come up with a critical overview of how to get through it. <clears throat> I say critical, I don't mean like criticize yourself. I mean critical in a way of like evaluating, extrapolating from that. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> no, I'm not saying like just think like, he had it worse and ignore your own problem. That's that's really bad, in my opinion. Well, I think the what I had in mind when I asked the question was that um, you and I, fortunately, are very close, even though we have a bit of an age difference of six years. Um, like, I, you know, we hang out every day, and when we're not hanging out, we speak on the phone every day. Um, but when we were younger, there was a long period of time where we didn't see each other at all because we both went to different boarding schools for a while. Um, when I say, um, was there anything you went through before the pandemic that you look back on? You went to boarding school at a really young age. Yeah. You were nine? Uh, it's eight or nine, yeah. Yeah, eight is is <clears throat> so you've you've been is that's not isolation. Obviously, you're you're with people your own age on yeah. mass, but that, was, uh, that must be really um, going through that. I think you're probably tougher to a lot of things that I'm not. I didn't go to boarding school till I was uh, maybe twelve, and I hated it. Um, so you had you had a kind of um, different different look at separation. And being on your own, and um, I, I think I think you are in many ways more independent than I am for that. I notice you're more comfortable being on your own at times. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I I didn't like boarding when I was that young. I thoroughly uh, disliked it. I got like when I was like eight for the first few weeks, I was very homesick. But um, <clears throat> I actually don't look at boarding was too bad. I was homesick uh, when I was very young. Then after a while, you. With me, because I guess I was so young, after like a few weeks, you was just kind of, ah, oh, it's quite fun. You know, it was awful, really, but like, you, I only really have fond memories of it because you kind of just block out all the depressing parts. So, um, true. So, looking back at boarding school, really, it was actually probably in time some of the funnest moments of my life. Like, it was hilarious. Like, the humor created in that environment is, is like literally unparalleled. It's <laughs> anything I can think of. I guess I could think about the moments which were a bit of shit and be like, I did that, so this isn't too bad. But, um... Yeah, and you're still friends with a lot of those kids who you met when you were nine. No, no, God, no. Well, I'm, you are. <coughs> one of the people I'm we mentioned friends, during... Friends with one of them here. I don't, okay, sorry. I, <clears throat> I know a lot of them, I guess, but I'm, I'm not dislike them. I just don't... I really don't know what they're up to. Um, but you are... You do have a lot of close friends. You are very sociable, and we're, we're in the house right now. And before lockdown, there was always someone else passing through, um, sort of like constant hey, uh, yeah. revolving door of, of your mates coming in and out of the house, which is great. And we definitely miss that atmosphere. Um, so that must be very tough on you. I'm not someone, for example, who likes having people over. I don't like hosting. I find it stressful. 
you on the other hand love having people around and then going places and uh, you're very very sociable and very comfortable doing that as that <clears throat> that does me a lot sound all the more annoying i want to say so i i i um i'm well, not like extroverted not at all i like i love being on my own but um as i said i get short attention spans so i get bored very easily so do you miss my um yeah i miss a lot of my friends um so that is annoying yeah yeah i know um yeah, when you when you were talking about the abroad stuff, you said that all your friends are converged. Not all your friends, but lots of people are converged in one place. We've got this red zone situation now. Yeah, that is so. You're facing a decade in prison. Man, that is so annoying. Like, oh my god. It's also, it's also if I if I can say so, insane. Yeah, no, I know. See, I mean, it's obviously a lot worse for other people. But on my part, why it's annoying because I. Um, I, so where all my friends are now, <clears throat> volunteering, I don't have an uh, uh, organic interest in going to. So they're in Costa Rica, and yeah, Costa Rica, is, I'm sure, is, is great, but I, I don't really, I've never thought in my life, oh, I want to go to Costa Rica, this gap year. I was thinking I want to go to, like, Caribbean, and then, uh, then uh, I want to go to Patagonia, because just, like, for a few weeks and check out the, the mountains, because you know, it's, it's beautiful. And uh, but uh, I can't because it's it's a red zone. Well, two two things on that. <laughs> One is um th- with Patagonia, um you and I love paleontology. Yeah, that's dinosaurs. Another reason. And... Yeah, that's epic. They got crazy archaeology lab there. Um, I don't know if I can go. If I love to. And um, got all the you know, got all these cool museums. There's also just like the wilderness. Be so yeah. epic. Um and uh yeah no that's 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 massive place. Really but Iceland really... Iceland must have been quite captivating for you in that sense because for for all the, for for all of the in my opinion uh, strictly in my opinion monotony of a place like Iceland um it is prehistoric in a really amazing way. Yeah no like for um shit like you know if you were like into geology. Uh, yeah, Iceland is the place to go, all these volcanoes and stuff, I don't know anything about it, but, um, yeah, definitely. One problem with Iceland that I had, um, <clears throat> not a problem, actually, it was actually facilitated some very funny jokes about the trip, but I literally didn't see one, like, alive animal when I was there. <laughs> I didn't see anything alive, which wasn't a human, except for a paw print. This Arctic fox, just one by a house, which obviously the snow got too deep, so you just like come in the rest of the pool. And that's the closest I got to an animal. Poor I didn't thing. see it, I didn't see a bird out there. When I went there, we went to a restaurant when I was on a school trip, and the, there were two options there was a three course whale meal or a three course puffin meal. Um, and I went to a supermarket and I got some instant noodles and a kettle and just at the uh, in the hotel, but. Um, that was that was disgusting. Um, there's a great Netflix series with uh, Kristen Bell, um, The Good Place, um, which which really which I really enjoyed watching at the beginning of lockdown. In that show, they mentioned Icelandic architecture, I believe. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's why it's funny because literally, got it's like it's like, on, like no, but they, because like obviously well, I'm not going to spoil The Good Place, but like they it's it's supposed to be un it's supposed to be intentionally uncomfortable Icelandic um, uh, architecture. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I actually really like the house, um, but it's pretty, uh, very modern and like lots of block colours. But anyway, that first night she got a bunch of these um, 
uh, called them opera singers. Like opera singers? Yeah, literally. Icelandic opera singers. And they turned up. They were all like, they got like long braided hair like you see on like, I don't know, like a Viking postcard or something. It was really cool and massive beers and they were huge. Like big, big lads. And they came in and they got hooned, like actually horrifically hooned. And we um, had this instrument. It wasn't a violin. I don't know what it was. Like a hurdy-gurdy. I don't know. I, I don't know what that is. It could have been. And, um, like it's, a hurdy-gurdy is sort of like half mandolin, half accordion? Uh, no, it was just an oddly shaped thing that you can like... Yeah, players if you're, you're, you're gesticulating at the moment. It makes me think it's like a berimbau. Could have been. I don't know what these words are, but like it was weird. <laughs> and, uh, an instrument. I, mean, I was doing shots. It was, just, it, was, it, was, it was disgusting. It was very fun. It's like weird drink. I don't know what it was, but it was amazing because it tasted horrible, but the buzz was, was outrageous. I went to... I'm sorry. To, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can. No, no, no. You just reminded me of something really horrible because I got pranked. I think like... 2013 on New Year's Eve. It's funny because you were in New Year's Eve in Iceland last year, obviously. Um, and I was at a house party in South London uh, with some, with our older brother and some of his friends. And uh, a girl who we thought was the host, but it turned out not to be, um, came around and offered us a, um, what she called us a, a Scandinavian spirit. Like a sort of special Scandinavian spirit. Like distilled piss. No, mate, it was worse than that. We all, we all, I'm not joking. We all took a shot of the stuff and it was, she poured a jar of pond water. It was horrible. If that was the most horrible thing anyone's ever done I to really me. Quite angry. That's it quite, was messed up. But that anyway, is quite funny. It, 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 it was pond water. It's disgusting. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, we, we could have been seriously ill. But, um, um, no, I've never had that happen to me. Um, that's, that's of course you've never had that happen to you. <laughs> that's you a vicious prank. <laughs> I don't think it's even a prank at that point. True. Um, so yeah, you, you you didn't just talk about your social life, and you have lots of friends and everything. That that that's obvious. You're you're at an age as well where you're supposed to be socialising. I mean, you know, freshers' week and all that stuff um, is is hugely important. And I feel I think in many ways you made a good decision not going to university this year because you would have missed out on that stuff. And yeah, maybe you go to university with people you already know, but the fact of the matter is meeting new people is very hard. Um, In terms of not just socialising, going to parties and whatever, but engaging with people over the things that you find important, um, like you said, you weren't just going on that film course, so it was one of your friends. How are you dealing with that? Dealing with what specifically? Not socialising? No, not... You're an ambitious person. As far as I'm concerned, there, there are lots of things that you're interested in you want to do. It must be really annoying developing those interests at home. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very annoying. Um, bloody boring as well. Um, yeah, I try and get by the best way I can. I guess just... As long as you mean, being at home only inhibits you so far, you know? You might physically stop you from doing shit other than going outside, obviously. Uh, so any interests one has can still follow or pursue. Probably force to pursue it more now. You have nothing else to do. But uh, yeah, you've gotten you you've developed a lot of interests. I've seen you're you're a much better chef than you were before. You cook pretty much every day now, just through force of habit, and uh, you're reading a lot more. Um, yeah, I I I feel like you've you've 
kicked it up a notch in terms, mm. especially in terms of your interest in fashion as well, organically, not just um, with with your, your internship. But dialing way back, sorry, because I got off topic. Um, we talked about the the paleontological thing with Argentina, and that took us into Iceland. Um, the other place you mentioned that you want to go to is the Caribbean. Yeah, now, yeah, that's gonna be f- but fun. Our older brother and I have been because our mum is from the Caribbean, from an island called Anguilla, and she's obviously pretty proud of it because Anguilla is so small. There are only five families on the island. Um, it's like 16,000 people, isn't it? Yeah, but they all have five like ancestors. given names. So it's like... They're not five ancestors. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie, for explaining how evolution... There's one school on the island. Yeah, yeah, there's a hodge. So we're, we are related to everyone. There's a hodge. She, yeah, so I guess we guess it. And um, this is Hodge. He's actually an old family name. Sorry, who um disgusting. He runs the sorry. He runs the car rental. I just bad for the way. Horrible. Uh, he runs the car rental, and um, when we get there, uh, uh, providing that one of the guys coming can drive. Uh, we don't, we're not too sure if he's gonna come or not. Um, we're gonna we're gonna chat to, to our cousin and um what we're planning on doing is we're going to two different parts of a place called the Antilles um the I could be wrong though lesser and upper Antilles and um we are going to check them out maybe do some camping if we can pretty weird place to camp but it's one of the only places open so <laughs> um yeah see what's going on we're basically doing island hopping island hopping that does sound more fun as you said than just staying here um, but you have stayed here for over a year and we were talking about things that you did before, including that trip to Iceland, the last kind of, you know, maybe big excursion you had before all of this started. Um, what would you say is the biggest difference between you now and the middle of March last year when this all started? Definitely a bit like happier, I guess, naturally. Good. Um, <clears throat> and uh, middle of March last year was, that was that was and that was upper six. Uh, that was a very fun time. Upper six. Obviously, I luckily missed out the stressful part. But yeah. finishing your A levels, um, over Zoom. That sucked. That, yeah, that's one of the worst. That was one of the worst parts of the whole thing. That really sucked. And like June coming when I, obviously I left. Remember, I I left for the whole of the summer and I left for like two months. Yeah, I didn't see you for two months. Yeah, so I left for about two months, obviously. Just wasn't relaxed and all. And, um, but you went to Cornwall and, and... That was fun. That was hilarious. So that was kind of like my little end of A-level thing. I was, everyone I knew went to Cornwall. Um, and that was just... That was, that was fun. And that's, that's great for your mental health, obviously, because it's a load off and you get to move around and see your friends and everything. But for COVID, obviously, it was a disaster because everyone was suddenly let off the leash and... and Okay. Yeah, literally, there were no, like, there was no, like, no, there were no, the COVID rules were so vague. Um, I was in Surrey that same week. Everyone had left, yeah, exactly. And all, I remember all the pubs were, were packed. Yeah, the pubs in court literally, I mean, they were, they were overstretched. They, they weren't, they weren't enforcing those rules at yeah, the time. Yeah, say, there were a lot of beach parties I was... Because that was when the whole Bournemouth beach controversy went down, when it, there were so many people during the heat wave. do you remember... I, th- I vaguely remember the ballpark figure of 16,000 people. I could be way off um, converging on this tiny stretch yeah, of beach in Bournemouth. Yeah, it was quite like that. Literally, well, I'm going to say 16,000, but there were like hundreds of us. Do you know what's weird about that? 
and this could just be me being um, overlooking something very obvious, but people were getting fines for driving to Bournemouth Beach at the time from places like Cumbria, like way up north, cross country. You're never further than 60 miles from a beach in this country. We live on an island. Yeah, but I can Why would you drive all the way to Bournemouth? Because the beach is, I guess the beach is up north are probably not as, you know, no, I'm, exquisite as the beach. Well, you say that. You, you, you always tell me about how much you like Norfolk and how much you want to live in Norfolk one day. Um, you know, Norfolk's a lot closer to bloody Cumbria than, than Bournemouth is. Suffolk, Suffolk beaches where... where uh, it's lovely. Yeah, but Suffolk is in the south. Like, you don't need to drive from... No, I don't think... I don't like, think people I'll, I'll, from Suffolk. Dad's though. from Cheshire, right? There's <clears> no <throat> conceivable way if Dad lived in Cheshire under this, this, these circumstances, he would say to himself, right, I'm off to Bournemouth now because there's a heat wave. I'm bored of being in bloody Cheshire. Like, you're just... You know what I mean? It seems ridiculous. And there's a kind of... It's like Dominic Cummings driving away to bloody Durham. That's, yeah, that's a bit of a grey area then, because oh, I don't know, really, but that was, that's different, cause I think he did Well, yeah, it, 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 never mind. for, like, serious reasons, but, um... Did he? Doing, I thought so. <laughs> that's a, jury, jury's out. <clears throat> can't really remember why. Um, uh, I don't blame someone for doing that, because they, like, it's probably not even going to the beach, probably the fact they can just move around, you know, it's probably what forced force people from like Rutland to be like fuck it let's go all the way to Bournemouth <laughs> Rutland <laughs> somewhere I don't know <laughs> when have you been to Rutland never been to Rutland you <laughs> drove through it right probably God, we must have done this bloody car journey to Scotland yeah um, but yeah I, I don't blame I, I mean I travelled six and a half hours to get to Cornwall um, no I just mean that was along the south coast yeah I could have stayed in Kent but Actually, I well, no, you had you were given the the liberty to to not do so. This was before the tier system was was introduced. Uh, yeah, I remember that vividly. That was very fun. That was those were back in the the was bizarre days when getting a test was considered to be like bit getting a knighthood. It was bit it, nuts. it was reserved for cabinet ministers and the army. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um. We'll say that was just the days when I was like a few, I was like a few hundred cases or something nuts. And I, I, yeah. it, was if, it was actually as if COVID didn't exist for a while. Two weeks or so. Yeah, it was like there was no COVID and everything was completely normal. Anything was like people with masks. Little did we know. Um, yeah, shot back up. But in spite of that, as you said earlier, you're happier than you were a year ago. No. You said you were happier than you were a year ago. No, you said I was happier in March. Oh. <laughs> well, shit. No, you know, I'm happy, but I'm not, like, unhappy. Um, I just know I would be happier if things were normal. Of course. I'm just... I suppose what my question is, is how has this changed you rather than... Um, uh, I guess I've had a bit more FOMO, so I guess, sometimes. Yeah, FOMO is, like, the... Because we have to be more careful than my other friends because their dads aren't like eight years old. And yeah, so that but but let's put a pin in this. I I may have alluded to this in previous conversations, but um, our our dad is in the high risk category. So is mum as well. That's to to be yeah, based on her medical which history. Makes, which makes uh, well, not even Ben. The it's like we we are adhering to a separate set of rules. Exactly. Yeah, and more. You know, Drukenia or whatever, and uh, that's it's harder just, for us a bit. Yeah, and, no, look, not, not, to, not to sound, not to sound like petulant, but no, no, it doesn't it matter. Is. Like, it's a lot more like, 
Yeah, it's a lot, a lot harder for us because my other friends, their their parents, don't care because they're young. They're in like yeah, their forties and fifties. Yeah. So like, um, so yeah, no way. That that's probably been the worst part. I'd say, because <clears throat> um, yeah, it's 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 uh it's FOMO, but I do sometimes. I mean, when I can, I'll get out there and you know when I can, but it becomes increasingly more difficult. The worst is checking on um. On uh, how you, all my friends are in, well, not all of them, obviously, but uh, like five or six of them are in Costa Rica and they look like they're having the time of their lives. In Costa Rica? Yes, yeah, because uh, Costa Rica is literally just <laughs> like open sesame to let everyone in. Uh, I don't know why, though. But that that almost seems like it's too good to be true. So you, you get the impression that it's, something it's, eventually would... Uh, no, I think up. they're going to become a red zone country. What I'm banking on is Costa Rica becomes a red zone country, sorry. And... Um, and then Chile or whatever doesn't, and I just head over there and check it out. Uh, check out those the Patagonia stuff. Does Patagonia stretch into Chile? Probably does. I think it just about oh Andes in general. Yeah. <clears throat> um, that'd be epic. Oh, I got a friend right now. He's he's uh, another country as well as Guatemala. Are pretty chilled. And uh, there he's in Guatemala and he's chilling. He's doing some fishing right now. Actually, it looks amazing. Um, Guatemala actually is like quite a cool place to check out. Yeah, but you, I mean, it's it's. I, mean, I haven't really got like a proper interest game in one day. Pretty cool. It, it's it's sad though in a way because you were saying, like you have, FOMO, which, is still I think pretty misunderstood, as a, um, unfortunately far-reaching problem for, for people of a certain age um i'm sorry i'm it sucks that you're not you don't feel happier than you did last year no no like i don't want to no like not like that <laughs> like you know, i'm fine really like i'm not like i'm not un- i'm as unhappy as anyone else yeah you know? i'm just yeah because it just you know dropped down sucks i'm not like unhappy no, you don't <clears throat> you don't strike me as unhappy but my impression of the situation is irrelevant and only you know how you feel at the end of the day. Um, and, um, yeah, you, you know, obviously you have to spend a lot of time on things like Instagram to to keep in touch with people, but that can also be a bad thing, you know. It's, um, it's, it's, it must be very hard. I, I mean, I'm a bit older than you. I, I sort of miss that boat to some extent. It's, it's hard for me in many ways, um, missing out on what people may or may not be doing though i think i know from experience that they're never really as interesting as you'd like to believe um i don't, I don't think that's cynical i think that's actually a pretty nice way of looking at it um but for you it's like yeah everyone is on i think the worst thing are, are snap maps yeah that that sucks <laughs> you can see where everyone is that, that's literally the worst part yeah looking at like literally looking at everyone is in central america wait what, what was that sorry i didn't hear <clears throat> That's like that sucks, you know. Um, you see people like you go on snapmats and you see, for example, like a few of my mates in like a forest in Costa Rica. You know, like that looks pretty epic. Um, <clears throat> uh, I look forward to going because I'm going to Dominica and there's a nice forest there. So I'll turn on my snapmap so everyone see. Yeah, I had a. I had a. I I I you you sort of get mixed up with the rules, and I remember a friend of mine told me that he was. <clears throat> He was in Hungary, and I said, how the hell did you get to Budapest? And he was like, oh, well, I, I, I'm an Italian resident, so the rules are different in Italy. 
I was like, it's insane, isn't it? Because it's the same problem, the same relative yeah, yeah. amount of people dying. I think, like, if I were from the US, <clears throat> they wouldn't allow me into Dominica. <clears throat> well, one of my friends from the US just went to Mexico for the weekend. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I got a mate. I don't think the, they give a damn in America no, about me the virus from the anymore. UK, me from the UK is in Mexico now. Sure, I'm just saying that, like, in, in the US, every time you see... They really don't care, no. There's just, it's embarrassing. It's like the, the Super Bowl uh, was last week, and they were filming all the Tampa players celebrating, and I know they've been in a bubble, but you could see so blatantly that they were surrounded by people who had not been following the rules and weren't wearing masks and you know just fans like climbing the fences and stuff it's like <clears throat> it's just it's just crazy um yeah well like uh yeah it's true as i said yeah i think if you're from the u.s i, I wouldn't be allowed to go to where i am uh well hopefully going um so i guess for that reason um anguilla as well they're pretty they really well and you're also you're also a 19 year old man of color um, I don't want to be don't want to be specious. I went but to America. Yeah, America has not been been too kind to certain yeah, demographics. I remember I wanted to go to Texas, obviously. You know me, I'm not a fan. No, um, neither am I. No, yeah. I'm not in like a racist way, obviously. Just no, I but I wouldn't feel safe traveling there. Yeah, things I've heard. And our uncle is that's that's not beat around the bush. A seven foot tall black man who lives in Texas, mm. and during the and he he lives. On the, on the corner of his street is the church where George Floyd is buried. Um, and I remember mum being really worried about him. Yeah, um, I know, like, it's, like it's putting your hands in your pockets. Like, yeah, no, die. dude, it's, it's, I, I would be honestly more worried about you um, traveling around the, the southern United States than I would about you being in Central America. That, I know that sounds insane. No, no, But no. Just, just under the, the circumstances. Like the, the threat I'd get in Central America... Well, you said the most appropriate thing to me. I remember when the whole storming of the capital was going on a few weeks ago. That seems like ages ago, but it really wasn't. Mm. Um, and you said, um, imagine if all of those people had been black. Uh, they'd have, yeah. The hypocrisy is revolting. No, it would have been a bloody slaughterhouse. Like, yeah. Um, like, and the police presence would be far more brutal and swift. And Regimented. And, like, it would be like a slaughterhouse. It would be like... The and that's not that's not to put like a racial bent on the situation and, and insinuate that there were no black people at the protest. That's not what I'm saying at all. Many. I'm just saying that um, if you look at the correlation between, and I don't want to, to, to go off on a whole other path there, you look at the correlation between mass shooters, and the big problem with America isn't racial segregation or anything, so that any dumbass can walk into a classroom of five-year-olds and shoot them. Um, that's still a thing. Let's that's, that's <clears throat> not forget that's happening all the time those people go to prison yet a black guy who may or may not have a gun on his car gets shot sure. yeah, but by virtue of the possibility it's of having it's, it's disgusting um but um i heard someone saying uh that i think it was bogota and mexico city are safer than a certain um like a certain number of neighborhoods in chicago that when you put them together, are the same size demographically as central Bogota. And Chicago is the third biggest city in the, in the United States. Yeah, so surprised. it tells you everything you need to know, in it my like, opinion. There's way more people have been killed in Chicago than in Iraq, military, American military. I know there was one, there was one point during the Iraq war where more people 
were killed in Detroit than Baghdad. But those fi- those figures are unreliable, and that's not that's not to insinuate the standard of living was higher in Baghdad than Detroit. But Detroit compared to the rest of the U.S., yeah. not as bad as people would think, because the Rust Belt accounts for a lot more of the country than people would assume. There were these places. You are a big fan of Russian literature as well, uh, amongst other forms of reading. Um, culturally, is there anything? That and it, it might I say culturally it might be some kind of Vasily some high form of art yeah like you've Ivan. been you've been reading Dead Souls or something well I mean you have read Dead Souls so uh, no I got it for you for Christmas like two years ago hey yeah what was the name of that book you bought me that same year and Quiet no, Quiet Flows the Dawn by, by Sholokov it's about these Cossacks it's such an intense book I went book. into a bookshop in Notting Hill and I was like you got anything Russian you just chucked me this book I was like alright it's not even Russian is it? it's yeah. Ukrainian yeah, well, you just chucked me that book and I was like cheers and there, there is a difference I know there's a difference <laughs> <laughs> not a year oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know anything about that stuff no I just, I just think it's uh, I think it's funny when people are like hey, what's the question um, the, what, do I wish I was what, Russian yeah. <laughs> well, your, your girlfriend's half Russian, so you're not far off. I'm going to fuse each other together. <laughs> or, or, you know, have a child who would invariably grow up speaking Russian. You just, no, the, co- the colour just faded from your face. Your tiny little mind just exploded when I said that. I would, Look at you. That would be terrifying. <laughs> oh my God. If you had a child at your age, that would be hysterical. There's no other way of putting it. Through lockdown as well. Dad took me, as he always does, to some military parade in France because he can't speak a word of French, so he needs me to like make sure he doesn't get lost or something. Like order, oh. order and breakfast. Thank you, Charlie, for <laughs> dragging my, my degree through the mud. Uh, that's not <laughs> what French people say, by the way, when they talk to each other. So you haven't answered my question. What culturally? Who I culturally identify? No, you. Rast is. Also, that Japanese author you got into a few months ago. I can't remember. He made that really sweet love story. In Yukio Mishima. Yeah, he's the guy who cuts it. Yukio. Yeah, okay. um, what culturally helped you guys through lockdown? He's a fascist, wasn't he? Um, Appalachian culture. Appalachian culture. Appalachian culture. For me, the thing that's helped me get through lockdown culturally was. Um, I don't know. I read this great book at the beginning s- called The Eagle's Nest by John Ruskin. <clears throat> going to sleep listening to Kenneth Branagh's voice. And pretty fun. Yeah, Walking with Dinosaurs is a big one. You've actually Walking with Dinosaurs. The, Diplod- the Diplodocus. I'm gonna watch the, I'm gonna watch an episode of Walking yeah, with Dinosaurs. Yeah, have you seen him in um, have you seen him in Tenet? It is actually hilarious. How would you like to die? Well he plays a Russian in Tenet. Yeah, and the guy's just like, Oh, you'll pick the wrong I haven't fish. seen I haven't seen Tenet. <laughs> But I had the um. Because he does the most abysmally bad action I've ever heard in my life. Like it's actually like any single like fake Russian like accent. It's the archetype. But he's still so like goose. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting question. Just coming up on that because you like to die. Yeah, that's that's the appalling. And old. as someone who likes film, wants to get into film as a career when you're older. Um, What's the worst thing you've ever seen in a film that's made you actually tear your hair out and go? Uh, like I got two. I got two. I got. I know what one of them is. Yeah, well, you know what one of them is. That, that like ridiculous puppet sequence and on the train. It's just like the. What most... film was that? Tell the people. Remember. What was it? The, um, I can't remember what it's called. Flick. 
Flick, right? Yeah, I remember you warning me, like, by the way, this is atrocious. <laughs> was like, Flickers, so, Flickers are French. I spent, think like, they literally spent all their money on the first season. Shit, you know, and the rest of it, they're bankrupt. So it's filmed like a puppet show, and it's no, but, but he's this, this isn't an exaggeration. So they've the first scene in Flick, which is this early seventies French crime drama, and it's got a lot of big name stars in France, like Alain Delon and um, Catherine Deneuve. And he attended an orgy. Alan, that's a whole other thing, man. Yeah, carry on, carry on. Uh, he did attend an orgy with uh, the then president, sorry, he was then prime minister, Georges Pompidou's wife, uh, Claude, and it was like a whole thing at the time. Um, that's, that's and the guy who, the whistleblower dumb. was murdered and no one knows why. And like, anyway, um, yeah, so there, there, there's this great movie and it opens with this like, this bank heist and it's, it's you know, it's a crazy action sequence and they're very flashy and well shot and everything. That's all the money for the movie in one yeah. scene. They they do a, a scene in a hospital later in the film yeah, where cool, like yeah. the, the the machinery is literally a series of cardboard cutouts with like fake noises. It, it, it's, it's a, like they, they clearly filmed they it in someone's shoved, bedroom. They like shoved a jam jar with a, with a glow light. In no, it. it's like the nurses. The nurses' like, uniform <laughs> is like actually paper mache, and then the worst thing is there's another heist at the end of the film, and you'd have thought they'd have saved some of the budget for this, but there's a helicopter chase sequence. And they literally use a toy helicopter. But that's the part where it genuinely it, it, it has attributes of a puppet show. Um, the second one, which is the worst film I've ever seen in my whole entire life, like, it is dreadful. Like, there's no other way of putting it. I can't believe it's a cult classic. It shouldn't, it shouldn't even be a film. It's, um, it's this movie called The Hills Have Eyes. And it is the everything about it is ridiculous. But you watched that during lockdown, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I watched that and I coded with Odin and Hugo and um, it is the worst film I've ever seen in my life like everything from the storyline to especially the acting is so atrocious that it is it's about these rabid cannibals who are like byproducts of an American Air Force experiment and this is like random family and this is the original Hills of Ice yeah, right? yeah, yeah the original I, I, it's so bad there's no point in watching one from 2000 and um, this like dad he's like this properly racist like police officer <laughs> he's literally like going on like a rant about like shooting black people or something and then he then he gets literally the next thing he gets crucified by a bunch of cannibals and they set him on fire yeah they set him on fire and then it just turns into I remember, I remember watching it uh, a, 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 this is a memory I'd blocked out the night before I went to boarding school for the first time I was really scared about being homesick and mum and dad let so me sleep <laughs> Well, dude, let me finish. Mum and dad let me sleep over at um, a friend's house um, because I was, I was going to miss all my friends from my old school and everything. And, um, and unfortunately, the kid who I was staying with was a psychopath. And he made me watch, <laughs> in one night, The Hills Have Eyes, The Blair Witch Project, and Wolf Creek. So my last night of freedom before going to boarding school for four years was um was spent sitting upright in absolute terror in the dark that, that uh, was, and i was like that permanently was like the, scarred that was like the, the foreshadowing of what was to come yeah and to be honest with you the blair witch project and the hills have eyes aren't scary but wolf creek is is a deeply messed up film even now Wolf Creek is like, give me the lighter, stop. The Sorry. amount of noise you've produced. Sorry, so what was Wolf Creek about? Like Bobby McFerrin. But... 
Um, um, There's I'm, wolves on a creek. I wish. That would actually be a cool film. Uh, there aren't enough films about wolves. Wolfpack. No, like... what? <laughs> Wolfpack 2. Die <laughs> Wolf... Oh, there's the prehistoric Yeah, but they 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 kind they kind of mythologize them with Game of Thrones. Sean being good. He's such a legend. <laughs> Anyone who's gonna listen to this is gonna find that question so funny. I've never watched it. Um, just don't bother at this point. It's, it was, it's, <clears> no, I might as well just watch it tonight. It would it would it would be a real shame if you suddenly got into Game of Thrones after having successfully avoided it for this long. I guess I'm gonna have to. Break the rut and watch the film, Eddie. Oh, Eddie boy. Okay. Well, I think we I think we've done what we needed to do, um, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was nothing in particular. This is fun. Um, but the the last thing I always I ask everyone to do this, um, is, what's your message to those people who are stuck in lockdown? And and on a serious note, people who have got the virus severely having serious issues with their breathing, maybe lost family members or friends to it, and, you know, having to homeschool their children or change jobs at a time like this. You, as someone who's got a lot to look forward to, um, what, what would you say to those people? Uh, what I'd say to them is, uh, well, it's very uncertain, but there's one thing you can be certain about, is that it will, will eventually be okay and just... Just try your hardest to get through it, really. Assistant seamstress for Bruce Hartfield. That's not an official title. <laughs> <laughs> I was saving the best till last. Um, no, um, thank you very much for uh, doing this. Thank you. That's enough.